This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to Road School Moms Radio, where education meets adventure. Your hosts, Kimberly Travaglino of Full-Time Families and Mary Beth Goff, the road trip teacher, will share advice, information, and encouragement to bring your road schooling efforts to new levels. And welcome to Road School Moms. I'm one of your hosts, Kimberly Travaglino, full-time road schooling mom to four kiddos and a co-founder of Full-Time Families, a resource for your full-time RVing family and so much more. Tonight and every Sunday night, I am blessed to be joined by my lovely co-host. Hello, it's Mary Beth Goff, your road trip teacher, also a full-time RVing mama to four kiddos on the road and the creator over at roadtripteacher.com, your educational resource for destination travels. And we also chronicle our travels over at Diary of a Road Mom. If you want to follow our crazy chaos over there, we'd love to have you. And I am so excited to hear your voice, KT, from wherever in the world you are. And where is that tonight? Always excited to talk to you too, Mary Beth. I am coming to you live from Vegas tonight. It's our last Sunday night in Vegas. Um, and I've loaded up a whole bunch of pictures from our Road School Week over there at our Facebook group. Um, facebook.com slash group slash road school moms. I've loaded up a peek of our week and we did um, some really cool things in Vegas this week. But before we get into that, tell me where in the world you are. I am calling from just on the Iowa, Illinois, Missouri line right here on the Mississippi River. And we are um, on our way back from a pilot car job that we had impromptu over the weekend. And um, I haven't had a chance to upload my road school pictures from this week, but I definitely will do that. And um, I think the nearest town that we're, Quincy, Illinois, is where actually we're, we're actually calling in from. So that is where we are this evening. And I'm, um, yeah, skated in here at the last minute, so I'm disoriented. Hey, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Tonight's show, we're going to be talking about the ins and outs of insurance on the road. But before we get to that, we'd like to do a little recap of what our road school looked like. So, um, like I mentioned, I loaded up some pictures, and um, today we went and toured uh, the Hoover Dam. It's a place that we've been to several times since we've been on the road, and a place that is still just magical. It's just a ginormous feat of engineering um, and it's just so interesting to visit. So uh, we went there. And, uh, you know, last night was Free Museum Day across the country. It made it super easy. The Smithsonian website made it super easy. All you had to do was put in your state. And then the appropriate museums that were giving away free tickets came up. And so um, us and two other FTF families uh, in Vegas decided to get free tickets to the planetarium. And so we did that. And so last night, Mary Beth, I got to see Saturn. Um, there's a picture of DJ looking at Saturn through one of their super-duper telescopes. Um, there's another picture of Tonya. She's all about LPS. I'd love to hear what Tori's playing with these days. But Tonya is all about LPS, and she watches a gazillion YouTube videos on how to make um, accessories for your LPS. And so there's a picture of her making bows for her LPS. Another big, exciting update, um, DJ got baptized this week. Oh, I love decision. that. Yeah, I did too. He made the decision that he would like to get baptized, and so uh, we took advantage of the warm weather and the pool here at the Las Vegas Sales and Trails, and uh, we had our good friend, the James family there, and the Varners were able to join us for that too, and so we were able to celebrate uh, DJ's decision to get baptized. That was great fun. As you know, Trav, my father-in-law, is in town with us, and so there's a picture of the kids at his um, at his uh, hotel room, and um, that was really cool. He stayed in the Bally's, which is right on the Strip. He had a great view from his hotel room, so that was a lot of fun. And then uh, Dominic and I did some geocaching today at a nearby park. There's this neighborhood outside of Lake Mead, uh, when you look at my pictures, you'll see Lake Mead in the picture. Uh, and they have a field there, like a sports field. Well, it's not just good for sports. It seems to be good for longhorn sheep, too, because they come out of the mountains in the middle of the day and feast themselves on the beautifully planted green grass. Oh, there's a dog pad. 
which is only, uh, you know, one acre of green grass here around here in the desert of, um, of uh, well, I guess that's Boulder City, so uh, super, super dry there. So it was really cool to see the longhorn sheep. And then Dominic and I did some geocaching. So tell me all about your week. Oh, my goodness. Well, I love all of that. And I just have to stop and say it always really amazes me how parallel our lives are, even when we're across the country from each other, even when we don't talk, even when we don't know what each other's doing. It is so, It sometimes it actually scares me. Three weeks ago, Tori asked me, how come I'm not the only one that's, how come I'm the only one in our family that's not baptized? Because my other three kiddos have this very vivid memory of when they were baptized back in Bloomington by our, where our former home church was. And so we talked about it at length, and a couple days later she told me that she really wanted to get baptized, but that she would wanted to go back to our home church in Bloomington as well. And she asked me to reach out to our pastor from that church, Pastor David, which I'd done, and we've made arrangements with him um, in about two weeks to go back to our home church um, over in Bloomington, Indiana, and do that. So I think that's so just, I don't know, that's just kind of a crazy parallel, don't you think? Yes, I do. I think that's wonderful, though. How exciting. I can't wait to see those pictures. Yeah. That's just kind of funny that we have that same story and didn't even know it. But anyway, uh, what have we done this week? Well, I have to tell you, um, I'll start by saying that, you know, uh, I, I, we talk about Knotgrass History and um, what a wonderful resource that is. If you missed our show with Charlene Knotgrass a couple of months ago, we'll put that in the show notes because it was a wonderful, wonderful exclusive interview with her and how Knotgrass History came about. Um, but my, uh, three of my kiddos are using Knotgrass History this year. This week was our first full week of um, any of our formal curriculum that we use, um, and so my high schooler got out his Exploring America curriculum, and he started the week. Um, because that curriculum is so all-inclusive, at least that's how we're using it, I decided that starting out on our road school this week that we were just going to focus on our not-grass history, because it's, for us, it's taking the place of history, geography, Bible, and um, on our language arts as well. My high schooler is reading a scarlet letter um, that goes along with that Knotgrass history unit. And my middle school and my sixth grader is using America the Beautiful, and they're reading a book called The Sign of the Beaver. So I just kind of let that let those three um, road schoolers have the opportunity to just kind of start immersing themselves in that curriculum and feel their way around and decide how is best for them to use it. And while they were doing that, I uh, gave me a chance the first couple of days at the beginning of the week to work with Tori. She's in third grade this year, and um, she's using pretty exclusively Time for Learning. We have some other things that we're using along with Time for Learning, but that's where her foundation is going to start this year. So I gave me the chance to work with her on some of that and work with her on getting her interactive notebook set up for math and language arts, which is a kind of important way that we use Time for Learning. And uh, somewhere about halfway in the middle of the week, I got an opportunity to go on a pilot car run over out west in Nebraska, and it came back to Quincy, Illinois, which is where we ended up today. So we have spent the last three days doing that. Um, but I'll tell you that, ironically, part of our part of the work detail of these of these loads were taking big rings that were 22 feet wide. I'm going to post the video in my um, sneak peek week uh, pictures in our Road School Moms group later, but we took five big rings that were 22 feet wide, and they took them off a barge that came up here from the southern tip of Florida, and they came in from a um, from a boat. They were an import, came in through the port of the Everglades, and was shipped up here on a barge, and we had to wait for the barge to get there. It was due in on Friday, and because of some of the low water, we had to wait until later in the day Friday, but it was really a cool experience just to be around the barge, um, that industry, and just watch how they move things in and out and how things come in and out of those ports there around um, that Illinois, Iowa area. And then my kiddos got an informal, I, I kind of hesitate to say this because you really can't go to ADM, um, that grain processing plant. You know, there's several of them around the country. The one that we were at this weekend, of course, as I mentioned, was in Quincy, Illinois. We didn't get a formal tour of the plant because that's not something they do. But because my kiddos were there off and on for three days, we did get informal tours of different parts of the plant. So they learned a lot of different things about grain processing, and um, they got to spend time over on the soybean side, and then where we were at today was the corn and wheat side. So it was really just a fun experience, definitely not something that we at all planned. Um, 
but it ended up being a really good experience as well. And so I loved my road school this week because at the beginning of the week, we'd done kind of some formal things. And then by the end of the week, it was just that whole, you know, road school on the fly, which is my favorite part of, of what we do. So that's where we have ended up. And I'll be sure to post those pictures of our sneak peek of our week after the show. Oh, I love that. I love all the uh, learning potential. I remember when you um, did a, uh, a pilot car drive around by me. Uh, it's just so interesting um, the way that America moves this heavy equipment and these big things, you know. Uh, I don't know if they know, but the listeners know, but when you and I were together in Denver, you just got done off a run that was moving one of those blades for the um, for the wind. windmill blades. Yep. Windmill blades, and I just every time I see those, I think about how massive they are, and and that was just one blade, one single blade. Um, mm-hmm. What all goes into assembling these ginormous things, like the Hoover Dam, these ginor- ginormous feats of um, engineering in this country. It's just amazing, and it's so cool that your kids get to experience that firsthand. Yeah, I love, I love that. that part of what we do. So. Yeah, me too. Well, it's been a very interesting week. Can you believe that it's getting towards the end of September and that we're looking at the beginning of October in just a few days? No, I can't. That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel it because Vegas – so if you've been with us for the last two weeks, then you know that week one that I uh, did the show from Vegas, I was absolutely melting. You could probably hear it in my voice. Week two, it was, uh, you know, palatable in the high 90s. Well, I'm here to tell you that I had to wear a jacket yesterday. I was freezing <laughs> last night uh, looking at Saturn. So uh, fall is in the air, and it's uh, lovely. I love that. Well, I was just thinking about when you were talking about the Hoover Dam and Lake Mead, I was thinking, I know I don't have a study guide over at Road Trip Teacher for Las Vegas, which we definitely should, but I kept thinking, how is it that I've written – I know I've written something about Lake Mead, and then it brought me back to the the rally that you all had, the boondocking rally, right, that was at Lake Mead or something that was clear. Because I remember writing a study guide about Lake Mead and Hoover Dam. Yeah, yeah that's exactly yeah. right. In 2015, we had our first boondocking rally uh, on the shores of Lake Mead. We were talking about that as we were driving around it today, and that was great, great fun, great fun. Okay, well, I think it's time to talk insurance because I'm super excited about uh, tonight's show. We've got an FTF partner on the line with us, Marty Adair from RVinsurances.com. And uh, I've spoken, I've spoken, ha, <laughs> I've spoken <laughs> at length to Marty. And so I've got a lot of knowledge, but I thought, oh, my gosh, we see these insurance questions all week long there on the on Road School Moms and on the Facebook groups for full-time families. Wouldn't it be awesome to have it all in one show? So I'm really excited tonight. So without further ado, I'll bring Marty on. Marty, thanks for coming on Road School Moms. Yeah, thank you guys very much for having me on tonight. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to your audience. Hey, Marty. Awesome. So, Hello. Marty, tell us. Yeah. Tell us um, a little bit about your family and how you fit into the road schooling community. Well, you know, I mean, road schooling community for me, unfortunately, I'm not on the road living like you guys get the opportunity to enjoy this wonderful United States that we live in. Um, I get to live vicariously through a lot of my RVers because I speak to them on a regular basis all over the, you know, different parts of the country, including Canada and Mexico. Um, as far as for my personal family, uh, you know, uh, my family and I, we spend more quality time uh, in camping and doing the desert stuff and during the wintertime, and we get to enjoy Lake Mead and all of the great waterways that we have here on the West Coast uh, during the summertime, doing boating and things of that nature. Um, uh, we're, we're, we're diehard desert people, and uh, we just like the outdoors, but uh, for me, I enjoy a little bit of horsepower behind the outdoors as well. So uh, we do a lot of our camping and, and stuff during the winter times, uh, you know, in Ocotillo Wells and Glamis uh, and some of the other few places that are around here. And then obviously we get to enjoy, you know, the great coast that we live along as well. Well, I love all that. But let's, you know, let's just get straight to the to the questions because I know we've had several that have, I know Kimberly posted a poll this week and we've got several incoming questions. So let's get right to it. Sure. Tell our listeners, should we purchase standard RV insurance, full-time coverage, or renter's insurance? And what's exactly the difference, Marty? Well, I think the biggest thing is, is uh, it, you know, insurance is more catered to the individual's lifestyle. Um, you know, standard regular RV insurance is, 
you know, basically all the bells and whistles that you get with your own RV insurance program, um, but it may not give you higher uh, contents coverage. You may not be able to uh, get, you know, secured property coverage for if you put your stuff in storage for the first year to, to decide if you want to live in your RV. Um, there are, you know, significant coverages that, you know, full-timers have that regular RVers get a section of or a portion of. Um, and it really comes down to what that, you know, specific RVer needs. Um, regular RV insurance really is going to be, you know, total loss replacement, agreed value, purchase price guarantee coverage availability, depending upon the year of the, of the RV. You'll get your content coverage. You'll get uh, vacation liability. Uh, most people will usually opt in for a little bit of vacation liability, but if you own a home, your civil liability will extend as well in the event somebody gets hurt in your RV or in your campground, uh, slips and falls and sues you. Whereas uh, if you don't have a homeowner's policy, you really want to make sure you have that because that's a liability that's there to protect you uh, in the event you're at fault for uh, somebody else's injuries or even somebody else's loss. Be it, uh, you know, you, your RV catches fire and burns down other RVs in the campground, that's your liability. You're going to have that responsibility. Um, so, therefore, having a little bit of liability is better than having none. Um, when going into the full-timers, uh, the biggest difference between the full-timer is that you have full-time liability, uh, which extends out like a homeowner's policy where uh, you're going to have the liability in the event you're found you know, liable for somebody getting hurt in or out of your campsite or in and out of your RV. It's just more of a broad liability policy that most full-timers should have because you don't have that liability policy to fall back on from your home because this is your home. Um, and then as far as the renter coverage goes, you know, that one's a new one that I've been looking into and, and trying to understand more about. Because, you know, buying a renter's policy is great, but if you're renting a room and you're storing your stuff there and you're gone on a regular basis, yeah, your property in that room might be rented or, or protected by that renter's policy, but do you have adequate coverage while on the road is going to be the biggest question. Okay, so um, so you brought up um, full-time liability, vacation liability, and, uh, you know, I personally see it over and over again. People are reticent, hesitant to tell people, um, the powers that be, that they are actually full-time in their RV because we've been told that when you say that, then the manufacturer could void the warranty. Uh, how important it is, is it to be open and upfront with your agent when you're trying to figure out what coverage to get? When talking about your agent as in your insurance agent, uh, you want to yes. be dead honest because you don't want to be caught uh, in a gray area that potentially is not going to protect you or cover you. Um, this whole finance thing and don't tell them that you're going to live in it full time, uh, otherwise it's going to void your warranty. I mean, you're looking at voiding a uh, manufacturer warranty, which usually is uh, a one-year manufacturer bumper-to-bumper warranty, and then it goes into specifics from there. Um, as I tell my clients, if you're going to live in your RV full-time, when you buy your new RV, if you have full-time already on it, leave it alone. If you don't have it and you plan on moving into it, add it after you drive it off the lot. I mean, you're dealing with a manufacturer versus an insurance product, and then most people, when you buy an RV, you usually buy a supplemental warranty from another third-party insurance company to begin with. So, I mean, really, the warranty, um, yeah, they could void it within the first year, but how are they ever going to be able to prove whether or not you're living in your RV full-time at that point either way? Um, but... That's the problem that we have. we're forced to play in that gray area as a consumer because the uh, manufacturers like to throw that out there that this is not built for you to live in permanently, but they know as well as the banks and the insurance companies, people are living in their RVs more and more nowadays than anything else. That's great information. Now, let's, I know you talked about this in the, in the first question that I asked you, so I don't mean to harp on it, but I want to just be sure I understand this, because I think so many people, when they are talking about their insurance on their RV, the first thing they're worried about is the coach itself. The second thing they're probably worried about is their personal property. They really aren't thinking about liability. And I know you talked about the different kinds in the first question, but explain to us exactly the difference between vacation liability and full-time liability. Well, vacation liability is, if you're familiar with how a renter's policy or a homeowner's policy works, you have civil liability on your home in the event 
you're responsible for a dog bite and somebody in your house or somebody slips and falls and gets hurt in your house, um, you know, it, it could go as far as even liability outside of your house if you were to, um, you know, you know, say you hurt, injured somebody in a parking lot. You know, if you if you were in your car, that your car insurance is going to go there. But if you uh, you know physically hurt somebody by hitting them or something along those lines, it's going back against your homeowner's insurance. So it's not specific. Um, you know, the, the the vacation liability is specific to the individual and their campground site. So it follows them, and when they are perched up at their different campsites. It's within that campsite liability. That's why they call it either vacation liability or campsite liability. Whereas a full-time liability is going to cover you for the campsite or the vacation liability as well, but then it's also going to go out above and beyond that to protect you in the event, you know, uh, your your son gets in a fight with a kid or your son trips a kid in the campground or, you know, somewhere else. That liability is going to step back in and go above and beyond that even though it occurred outside of your little campsite space that you're at. So that's really the two big differences is campsite liability or vacation liability is to that specific location in the campground that you're at. Full-timer liability becomes more broad because this is now your primary residence. Okay, good. I'm glad that, Mary Beth, you highlighted that. Okay, so how much personal contents coverage does my policy offer outside my coach? Well, that varies based on company to company and state to state under uh, you know underwriting regulations. But on an average, uh, usually you're looking at usually it's 25% of what your total insured contents are. So $10,000, you get $2,500 of coverage outside of your RV. Now that could be outside in the campsite, it could be inside your vehicle, um, you know, it could be in the bed of your truck. But the problem you got to come back to is if somebody steals stuff out of your vehicle, in order for it to be covered, they have to be able to provide proof of forcible entry. I love it that you're giving us specific examples because that illustrates exactly what you're talking about. And so now tell us, what is the difference between personal contents coverage versus valuable personal property coverage? Personal content coverage is coverage that is for any one specific item that is no not greater than a thousand dollars. Whereas valuable personal property, it's a scheduled item. So therefore, you would provide you know a receipt. Uh, we would insure it based off of what the value of it is. Be it a uh, you know, laptop uh, that's a high end or a wedding ring. In that case, they would probably want an appraisal something along the lines to substantiate the insured value. But that value will go above $1,000 per item, where personal contents is always based on $1,000 or less per item. Okay, so I'm gonna, I want to go just a little bit farther on that and make sure. Um, and the only reason I am, because I have, this is something that you and I talked about when I moved my insurance over to full-timers insurance um, earlier this spring. So mm-hmm. just to clarify, if I'm running my business and have a $2,000 computer, if my boys have a dirt bike that we tow with us and it's valued at $1,800, if um, my uh, someone in my household uses tools for a living and they have a toolbox or specific tools that are valued at more than $1,000, those are all things that must be specifically listed on um, a, a, a valuable personal property policy in it, order for it to be covered for the value. Is that correct? It would have to be listed or scheduled under valuable personal property because it exceeds the $1,000 mark. Now, the one thing we got to go back to is your son's motorcycle. That's a motorized vehicle. It qualifies for its own insurance, and it would not be covered under valuable personal property because you can buy an insurance policy for that motorcycle. We're talking about items that you can't specifically go buy a standalone insurance policy on, like a computer or some tools. You can buy a standalone policy for like a wedding ring and things like that. But we're talking about basic household uh, baseball, basic household contents, uh, like a computer, like your you know tools from the garage, things of that nature, where they don't exceed a thousand dollars or more per item. Then they would fall under contents. If they exceed a thousand dollars or more per item, they would have to be scheduled but the motorcycle would not be scheduled because it would have to have its own insurance policy from a carrier that would insure a motorcycle. 
And that would go the same as a, uh, uh, you know, a, a golf carts, even some of these mopeds and stuff. Um, you know, foremost actually will go on, they'll actually insure higher things such as these new electric bikes. They'll actually insure those, but they're, not every carrier is the same. So it's kind of hard to, uh, talk specifically about how that policy would be covered because you've got, you know, a number of different insurers that do it differently than the other, each other. Okay, good to know. Now, I went through the Facebook group and we asked people what their top questions were and then I found this question and I thought it was interesting and I know we've talked about liability now twice, but I think that it's a little bit complicated for people. So, uh, so just bear with us if this is again a replay of another question. But I, I got this question from the Facebook group that said, our trailer is older and only cost us $6,000. I feel like buying insurance is silly if it is just to cover the trailer and what's inside. Does it also work as liability insurance in any respect? And before you answer that, Marty, I just sure. want you to answer in general what would you tell this person about a $6,000 trailer and having insurance or not having insurance? Well, my easy response to that is I always tell people I recommend you buy an insurance unless you can afford to take that loss and walk away with it with no money in your pocket. Because insurance is supposed to be bought in order to make you whole in the event of a loss. If you can afford to eat the $6,000 loss, then save your money. But if you can't afford to do that, then my recommendation is let's you know try to consider uh, figuring out a way that would be feasible uh, and not ridiculously expensive. Obviously, we're dealing with you know a $6,000 trailer, so you know what's more important: the items in the trailer or the trailer itself. Okay, I know it feels like we keep going back to answer, but I just I know that what Kimberly's doing, and I am too, trying to make sure that we clarify for some of these questions sure. that keep coming up that we see so often. So Barbara Rhodes in our group actually said, many people on the road make a living with their tools. Would tools be covered, and if so, what policy type? So how if if you if if someone in our household just uses tools for the for a living for their business, would those be covered under their contents coverage? Well. Um, to an extent, yes, you would have tool coverage under your contents, but if you're using these tools and running a business, technically you should have a business insurance policy for the business, such as a general liability policy, and then you would be able to actually insure your tools under that business policy. Because keep in mind, you're, you're, you're living in your RV and you're traveling the country, but you're not buying commercial insurance on your fifth wheel or your RV. You're buying full-timers. And unfortunately, in this industry today, I can't write a full-timer policy and a commercial policy. It's one or the other. So, you know, this is where the industry is really starting to have to evolve because they know more and more people are working in their RVs. They just don't think about the fact that they're out working with hands and tools and everything else. Most people, they, they assume they're living in their RVs, more than likely are working via the Internet. Um, but to answer Barbara's question, there would be tool coverage under her personal content coverage. But if we have a loss where we've got you know $17,000 in tools, that's going to raise a red flag to the insurance company saying, well, this is more than the average RVer carries around in their RV. What else are they doing with this? So, you know, you raise your own red flag that, you, that you're using the RV at commercial, and if you're not insuring it as commercial, then technically you're not, you know, insuring yourself or being covered properly. And that's why people that are using their RV for business, especially in the, you know, construction or handyman business, it's definitely a recommendation to look at what a general liability policy would cost. Not only to protect you for liability uh, in the event of, you know, bad workmanship or something went wrong, but it also would cover you for the protection of your, you know, you can endorse the tools to it to be covered. That is really good information because, as you know, Marty, the predominantly the people who are on the road uh, and listening to shows like this, they are actually working out of their RV. So that's Absolutely. really, really vital information. Okay, let's talk about um, towables. For towables, does the policy coverage change when the trailer is attached to the tow vehicle as opposed to when they are separated? Well, um, are we assuming that the trailer has its own insurance already? Or are we saying that the trailer has no insurance and we're talking about when the truck and trailer are attached? Because 
if we're ins- if the trailer's insured, then the policy is not going to change whether it's attached or detached. The only difference between whether it's attached to the vehicle or detached from the, the vehicle would be the bodily injury, property damage liability in the event that trailer causes, you know, bodily injury or property damage to somebody else, meaning it could be uncoupled from the vehicle while going down the road. It goes one direction while the truck's going down the highway and it causes property damage. Your auto policy is going to cover that damage. But if the if we're talking about an RV that doesn't have any coverage on it and it's, uh, you know, and they're just towing it via the, you know, the tow vehicle, and then they uncouple it in the RV park, it's sitting there with no liability at all. Okay, so you're saying, just to clarify, if I have an uninsured trailer hitched up to an insured truck, then uh, then the truck insurance will handle the trailer if it's attached? It will It will protect the bodily injury and property damage if the trailer or the truck causes damage. Okay. Give you a great okay, example. I I came home one day from uh, helping move a family member. I disconnected my flatbed trailer in front of my house, put chalk blocks behind it, wrapped a chain around the front tongue where the wheel was, uh, drove down to grab some dinner, came back. Somebody came, pulled the chalk blocks out from underneath the trailer, and it rolled down the street and hit the neighbor's truck down the street behind the trailer. Because it wasn't attached to my truck, I had to pay for that out of pocket because I had no insurance. It wasn't attached at the time of the loss. Wow, that's a great question and a great example. Okay, so is there a single, like, one-size-fits-all insurance company that you would recommend based on um, or based for full-time RVing families? Um, Not really. Um, I don't think that there's any insurance company for any individual that's really a one-size-fits-all unless it's just your standard run-of-the-mill auto and home kind of stuff. Full-timers are very unique. and quite honestly, it really is going to come down to uh, what coverage they are looking for. Uh, are they conducting business with it? Is there a way that we can maybe write a policy uh, for their business liability on top of it? Because the more policies you stack within your insurance company is the more that the, your, your discounts are being, uh, you know, given back via it you know, 20% on multi-cars, 5% for multi-policies. Um, you know, so those discounts add up if it's all in-house. But I wouldn't say that there's one policy that one size fits all um, because really out of all of the full-time insurance companies that are out there still, um, they all pretty much have, you know, virtually the, the same coverage to, you know, the, 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 the same, you know, same coverage to the extent as far as, what's available some may offer more than others um but it just it it just depends you know i can't say that uh this carrier versus this carrier is better i always tell everybody the first thing you want to look at is how are their claims what are everybody else talking about on the internet that's going to tell you what direction you want to look at okay so um why don't you educate us on what would happen when a listener calls you for a policy or quote, um, as opposed to calling, uh, let's say, uh, Progressive or, or Geico directly? What's the difference? Well, I think the biggest difference is, um, you know, you got your Geicos, you got your Progressives, and, you know, they, they write insurance, um, and they're, you know, writing one specific policy. They don't quote you with anybody else out there. By going to an independent agent like myself or anybody else out there that offers the you know, specialty RV insurance, you kind of get a, a buffet line of different options that are out there. Some people like to write with one carrier versus the other. Um, but I think the biggest thing uh, for any insurance agent is before you can sell a customer a policy, you kind of got to get to know them and know what they need before you can offer them anything. Because I can offer an RV policy to anybody, but if I don't know what you do for a living or what your, plan, your you know, intentions are with it, then I might be writing you a complete wrong policy. Um, so really the biggest thing is, is you know, uh, as an agent, we have to understand the consumer first before we can actually offer them a policy to make sure that we're doing our job properly and, and, and protecting them, you know, correctly. Okay, that's – I'm taking so many notes. Every, every, all the time you're talking, I love that analogy about the buffet line. Okay, so um, tell us this. We've had so many um, catastrophic 
weather-related incidents in the country over the past couple of months. Are there certain things that we should be aware of um, as far as weather-related things that are not covered by a standard insurance policy, whether it's full-timers or not? Well, I mean, technically, in, in, in insurance in general, when you buy an auto policy or an RV policy, um, you're covered for, you know, all the different coverages, you know, bodily injury, property damage. If it's an RV, you get uninsured, underinsured motors if you opt to choose it. Uh, but as far as catastrophic losses go with the RV, if, if the RV burns to the ground, gets taken out by, you know, wind, hail, hurricane, lightning, fire, flood, earthquake, the policy is still going to have that coverage afforded to it either way because it's, a, it's, it, it's covering for all catastrophic losses. You know, uh, unlike a homeowner's policy in California, you get a homeowner's policy, but you don't get earthquake with it. You got to buy that sep- separate. You know, down in Florida, you, you know, Florida is different uh, because you buy homeowners, but then you got to buy flood, then you got to buy hurricane. You know, so it, it, it depends on, you know, the uh, state that you're writing in. But as far as when it comes to the RV programs, and I can't speak on behalf of uh, insurance companies that do strictly only business in, say, Florida or in Texas or any of those Gulf states. But as far as all of my insurers where we do policies, it's covering for catastrophic loss no matter what. Okay. Well, this has been so much information to digest, and I know that people will have questions and need more information and have more specifics. How can they uh, get a hold of you, Marty? They can go to, uh, you know, rvinsurances.com, or they can definitely always give me a call. Um, I'm available, you know, Monday through Friday. I don't do business in every state. I'm in six. I'm in 16 states currently right now, so I'm not actually in every single state, but uh, if I am in that state, then I can definitely help them out, and they can always call me on my toll-free number, uh, which is 844-727-7207, or shoot me an email is always a quick way to. Awesome. We'll be able to put all that in the show notes for our listeners, and thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything we didn't cover that you would want people to know? You know, I think the biggest thing is, is, you know, all of this conversation we've had tonight, the main thing is whatever you buy in Texas for your RV may not be the same in any other state. Uh, so when you talk about coverages and you, you, you get on a, a bunch of these different forums or feeds, you know, uh, there's a lot of variables that go into uh, what policy that person has and what state they got it from. So, you know, uh, don't be surprised if you don't get that same exact coverage because it's not necessarily available in that other state. Good information. Good to know. Well, thanks again for making time for us and our listeners tonight. And uh, we look forward to learning more about insurance as uh, we go down the road. Thanks, Marty. Absolutely. Thank you guys for your time. And uh, if anybody has any questions or, you know, whatever, they just have them get a hold of me directly. We will absolutely do that. Again, the notes will be, uh, all of Marty's contact information will be in the show notes there at roadschoolmoms.com. You can find this under the insurance episode. So thanks, Marty, and have a good one. Thanks, you guys. Have a great evening. Good night. Oh, my gosh. So much information. I am overwhelmed. Yeah, I wrote so many notes that I had to, like, turn over my paper twice. I'm surprised you couldn't hear me ripping pages out trying to make sure I caught everything. You know, it's no, so... I couldn't hear you um, over my dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's real life here at Road School Mom, so dogs are okay. You know, if your dogs are barking, that's better than a kid crying, right? Yeah, there's that. <laughs> So tell me quickly, I know that we're wrapping it up here and we're, we're towards the end of the show, but tell me, uh, what have you guys had a chance to immerse yourselves much in the Prairie Life Book Club? How are you coming with that? Okay, I'm so glad you asked. I've got so much to say about so many things, but first, the Prairie Life Book Club. We are reading it. As I mentioned to our listeners the last two weeks, uh, Tonya is still an emerging reader, and this is a big stretch for her, but um, we've been doing really well with it. We're ahead of the book club. Kudos to us. We, because I'm on Pacific time, Mary Beth, I'm such a slacker. I set my alarm and I hit my snooze button for a full hour. I drove everyone in the house 
crazy, but I could not make myself get on that Zoom meeting because my hair and Tony's hair was a disaster. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I have got to tell you something that you're going to totally laugh. And Holly doesn't even know this. Holly Giles, um, Giles Frontier, that is the mastermind behind Prairie Life Book Club. So let me tell you what I'm going to I'm going to fix your problem so you won't have this any other time because let me tell you what happened to me on the morning of Pray Life Zoom meeting. Um I had gotten up about 4:30 because I had a whole bunch of billing to do because I had just found out that I was going on this pilot car run and I was not anticipating leaving and I had to leave on Thursday not long after the Zoom meeting at 11 o'clock or 11.30 or whatever it was. So I got up at 4.30 in the morning, I got all my billing done, and I went to sleep at 8.30, and I set my alarm for 11 o'clock. And then I got up, and I looked and I looked in the mirror, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And Taylor actually said, ooh, Mom, you got to do something about the hair. So you know what I did? I ran out to the car and grabbed my little Prairie Life uh, bag and grabbed out two bonnets, <laughs> the little house uh, thing, the little bit, and I slapped on a bonnet, and that's what I wore during the Zoom meeting, so... I'm going to send you a bonnet, and you won't have that excuse anymore. I love that. Well, I'm looking forward <laughs> to this Friday Zoom meeting because it's going to be at a respectful time for me as, as opposed to 8.30 in the morning. Um, yes. It's going to be like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, but uh, I love that aspect of this book club because, you know, it really does um, just bring us all together as book clubbers. Um, and I'm really excited to see all the people in the book club, uh, but I, I loved it. And so, so far, we have done, uh, well, she did the copy work all week long. Mm-hmm. We, we broke the copy work up into three days, and she did the copy work. And then uh, we made bookmarks. But then just this week, uh, the package from Holly came, and it had that little charm in there that, they used in the book club video that we watched, mm-hmm. and so now we're we're to make new bookmarks. I've I've been told we're making new bookmarks, which is fine. So it's just so fun. It's just so nice to have something that is totally doable and uh, is not out of the realm. And I'm not leading it, right? Because then mm-hmm. it'd be like, well, now we have to build a log cabin. Right, exactly. That is so exactly right. And Holly does such a good job at keeping things simple. Like, and so many times, you know, she's not like, I mean, she is in a lot of ways, but, you know, you and I get on the phone and just like that, we start out making a bookmark and by the end of the hour, you and I have taught, we're building a log cabin. That is exactly what would happen to you and I. But she does a really good job of keeping things simple. And she has to reel me back in sometimes like, oh, well, you should do blah, blah. She's like, okay, well, we'll just stick with this bookmark. (laughs) You know, so kudos to her for that, let me tell you. Um, and if you don't know what we're talking about, Prairie Life Book Club, um, I will put that in the show notes. The good news, the, this actually started last week, kicked it off for the fall. It's a 12-week course, and it is very much ready, set, go. It's not anything, Road School Moms, that you really have to do. Um, you can do as much or as little as you want to as far as participation for your Road Schooler in that course, um, but it's all planned out for you. It's all online. It's available online you can print everything you have to um, or that you need to or want to use you can print that all off there's all kinds of videos online like Kimberly alluded to and the best part of it I think is the weekly zoom um, sessions because all the families get on the kiddos can talk to each other it it really is a lot of fun and last Thursday was great and I can't wait till this Friday Um, the better news is that Holly's decided to leave um, the registration open um, at least through this week so if you, um, sounds like something that you might want to do, check the show notes, go through the link that I've provided. It is an affiliate link through Road Trip Teacher, but go through that link and that will get you into the registration area and you still have time. Um, I'm not sure when she's going to close that. She doesn't want it to get too big because, um, you know, there is a limited amount of seats, but she does have a few seats left. So if you're interested, you still have time to join the club. Oh, I love that so much. It was It's just such a great thing. And anyone who's got a daughter, you know, whatever age, if you just want to spend some intentional time do, making these priceless memories with your daughter, I just can't say enough about it. And like you said, keeping it simple is so nice. So, so very nice. It uh, is. And interestingly, yeah, interestingly, I want to say this too. You know, it's something that, and I was really, at the beginning, I was like, oh gosh, you know, the boys are not going to, and my boys are older, so, and you know, they kind of scoff at a lot of the little house things that we've done this summer. I'm like, really? Now, they do like the history, and they have gotten into the time period, 
But I will tell you that it was interesting to me how many boys are in our book club. And, you know, Holly has boys, and her boys are older. Um, and Grayson does such a good job. This week he was interacting with one of the boys that was in the group who had um, shown a um, – Oh, like it was from that time period, again, that he'd inherited from his grandfather. And he talked about how this was a gun that Pa might have used in those days, and he explained where he got it, and that was pretty neat. And then Grayson interacted with um, one of those same boys. They were talking about how jerky was made. And so Grayson offered to um, put a video up into the book club over the next couple weeks about how he makes jerky. So it really is something that's for the whole family. And um, it's not just... You know, don't think Little House as much as think about that prairie lifetime period because that's really what it is geared to, towards. Perfect. Yeah, I love it. Very cool. Um, the other thing that you and I are involved in is the Road School Moms Bible Study, headed up, headed up by Road School Mom Heather Paul. And I, I've said this now, I think, three weeks in a row, but I just cannot get over how edifying this study is. It is uh, something I look forward to spending the time doing, something I have made a priority in my life, which is a big deal for me because I feel like I already had a, a, quite a few priorities in my life and not a lot of extra time, but this is definitely something worth doing. Uh, this week we just finished up joy, the attribute of joy. If you're not familiar, we are basking through fruit of the spirit, and so the first week was love and this week was joy and i think i know what's coming up i think it's peace which oddly enough i'm so glad that came up because i've been meaning to ask you at every show in the beginning of this year we declared a word or an attribute for our year mayor beth your word was peace so tell us how that's going you know i'll have to admit that as i look back now that we're kind of in the last quarter of the year um my word was peace at the beginning of the year, and this is the first time, you know, we've been doing this show now for, gosh, three years, and every year we talk about our word, and every year by this time, we both have to admit to each other that, yeah, our word probably went out the window. Um, but I can tell you for this year, for me, um, somehow I've managed to reel peace back into my focus. It's not been all the time, totally admitting that. Um, but for me this year, it's been really good to have that word and to... Um, kind of be true to myself and just to keep going back to my goal for that and, you know, what it meant to me and, and to keep that focus for me. So really, like right now, I can tell you, I still got the peace. And, you know, a little bit of, I'll have to say this, our, this book, um, this Bible study brought that back for me because I was, I was having a little unpeace about that time. <laughs> the Bible study was good for me because it came at a time when I needed to re-examine what I was doing and to come back and remember, um, you know, where I find peace. And, and that's, if you don't remember that show, we'll put it in the show notes um, when both of us talk about our word. But uh, what I came to realize was that I really don't have to look for peace. It's already given to me, and it's just my job to take it. Amen. Uh, the, uh, that is so encouraging, Mary Beth, to hear those words. That is so encouraging because I do recall the beginning of the year. You know, it's January, and so people are frantic just coming off the holidays. And quite frankly, 2016 was a rough year for a lot of us. So um, to hear that in here in September, and I'm so proud of us, really. I just want to give us two big pats on the back because instead of making um, resolutions, which go out the window before, you know, the calendar turns to February. We chose these words, and next week we'll talk about my word, and we'll talk about my progress or lack thereof with my word, so I won't reveal it this week. But we chose these two words, and they I'm just so proud of us and the way that they have unfolded over the last nine months and will have the impact that they've had in our lives. And I can't wait for our next year to choose two new words. Yeah, me too. Hard to think about. That's only three months away, my friend. Uh, don't let's <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves. But <laughs> it's coming up in some shows. I'm super psyched about what's going on with some of our shows. You booked a show, and I booked a show. Who'd you book, right. Mary Beth? I booked Jan Bedell, uh, the Brain Coach. If you do, uh, our listeners will remember back on uh, FPEA weekend at the end of May. Road School Moms was live at that homeschool convention, and I done a quick Facebook Live with Jan Bedell. She is another 
awesome podcaster right here on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network with our um, network here, and she is going to come on live the middle of October, and we're going to do a show all about the brain coach. Can't wait for that one. And I booked uh, Julie Bogert from Poetry Tea Time. If you're on our Facebook group for Road School Moms, then you might have seen that Claudine Sino uh, posted something about Poetry Tea Time, and I was my antenna went way up. What's this? Tea? <laughs> poetry? This looks too good to be true. And so I reached out to the people at Poetry Tea Time, and they are going to be joining us October 15th for that show. So I'm super psyched to learn all there is to learn about Poetry Tea Time. That is so right up my alley. I just cannot wait. Mm -hmm. It is. And I know that we've had, I just seen two questions in our group this week about orthodontics for your kiddos while you're on the road. And I can tell you, um, if you've listened to us for very long, you know that my boys both have orthodontic work that is being done currently. And we've got that based out of a Fort Myers orthodontist. And he works with traveling families, and I'm working very hard to get a date that he can come on our show and talk with us live about orthodontics on the road. So that's also coming up right here in Season 11, so watch for that show date. Very cool. Well, something is aggravating my dog, so I better just mute myself (laughs) for this show. But before I do, I want to tell you, if you need prayer, we have a prayer team. It's super easy to get involved in it. All you need to do is uh, hit us up with an email to rsmprayers at gmail.com, and your totally confidential prayer request will be submitted to our prayer warriors on your behalf. And um, it's been a very um, wonderful blessing to have that ministry. If you are interested in being one of our prayer warriors, that'd be awesome, too. You can also send an email to rsmprayers, Road School Moms Prayers, uh, and let us know that, because that would be a huge blessing for for us and that team. That's right. Our prayer team is awesome. And I'm going to remind you, if you are listening to us from a replay over at iTunes, thank you for um, your listenership from there. And please do leave a review for Road School Moms. We value those comments, and those really help our podcast move through the 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 podcast numbers over at iTunes. And if you do leave us a review, be sure to send me an email, info at roadtripteacher.com. I'll be glad to give you the free digital product of your choice from roadtripteacher.com. And other than that, I think that's a wrap. Uh, Mark your calendars for next Sunday night, same time, same place, right here on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Check out wherever KT and I will be calling from wherever in the world we are. Until then, safe travels and God bless. This is Kimberly. And this is Mary Beth, your Road School Moms, on the road where education meets adventure. Until next time, we wish you safe travels and leave you with our traveler's prayer. Lord, be our guide and protector. Let those I encounter be blessed by my words. Let my hands be filled with your work, and may I be filled with your grace and kind words for others. May I be a light unto those around me on the journey ahead. Amen. Amen. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. If you'd like more information, go to roadschoolmoms.com.